Soete de Schipoli. Um, I know that this is a little bit of a different dealio um, for you guys. Uh, shout out to uh, my students, Ryan, Chen, and Sophia. Um, this is going to be in like a podcast form today, so or just like um, just like uh, through my vo- or never mind. Anyways, what we're going to be doing because, or I'll give a little like, context. It's because I am in the midst of moving, like I mentioned to you guys before, and. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to be out of here by, well, at least before Father's Day so I can maybe surprise my dad for Father's Day. So, you know, I'm just pre-recording this. Uh, I hope you guys are super cool with that. We're just going to be diving right in if you guys want to uh, flip on over to the passive voice like we had been going over prior. I realized we started to get it. Um, Sophia, you you seem like you're seeming pretty solid. I just want to kind of go over it grammatically. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll just dive deep into it so that we can understand it uh, fully. So without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, jot down three important rules to remember in the passive and in this lesson the number one the subject is acted upon in a passive sentence all right so remember how we were kind of rearranging the sentence prior in our in our last class where um instead of um like something like i praised you it would be you were being praised by me or something like that, you know? So, with that being said, we have, uh, number one, the subject is acted upon in a passive voice. Number two, the letter R is the most common indicator of the passive voice. It, well, yeah, in the Latin present tense system. And then number three is the passive verbs expect agents. So those agents are what we refer to as ablative of agent. And uh, we'll definitely go deeper into that soon. But uh, for now, let's just go over the basics. <coughs> Excuse me. Passive is a voice. It's the opposite of active. Simple. Um, I could say it also complements the yin to active's yang, but I don't really care to do that. Anyways, in essence, what the passive voice does is it moves the action of the verb backwards towards the subject rather than forward toward a direct object. So conversely, active verbs move the action of the verb from the subject toward a direct object. Thus, in principle, passive verbs do not take direct objects. Objects. 
just got stuffy all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on here. Um, in English, passive verb forms typically involve some form of the verb to be, such as I am praised, which is passive, versus I praised, which is active. We were warned, which is passive, as opposed to we warned, which is active. Now it's clearing up, I think. <clears throat> they will be held, which is passive, as opposed to they will hold, which is active. Note, it's important in English to recognize that when be is added to a verb form, it doesn't always make the verb passive. So the addition of a form of the verb to be can also make the verb continual. Here's how to tell those verb forms apart, though. So let's go ahead. We'll, we'll dive into this a little bit deeper and just think about it. A be form uh, combined with a verb that has a participle ending ing, i.e. being, uh, is active, whereas be formed combined with the verb that has a participle ending ed is passive. Um, So, for example, I am praised, which is active, versus, uh, or I am praising, which is active, versus I am praised being praised, which is passive. Or the active form, we were warning, versus the passive form, we were warned. There's a very easy way to be certain you're dealing with a passive form and not a continual form. If it makes sense to add by someone after the verb form, hence the ablative of agent, by the preposition indicating that we're diving right on in into that ablative uh, case. <laughs> Whenever you can, the verb form is passive. For example, um, it makes sense to say we were warned by someone right whereas it makes no sense to say we were warning by someone uh, we were warning by someone does just doesn't make sense in general uh, but now let's look at the passive voice and how it works grammatically we'll start with an active sentence uh, students study latin if we take that active verb study and we make it passive by adding the verb to be and adding ed to the verb, to the end of the verb with the result that study um, becomes is studied. Then turn the direct object of the active sentence Latin into the subject of the passive sentence. We end up with the passive sentence Latin is studied. Notice it means the same thing. Latin is being studied, but it leaves one thing out. Who is doing the studying, right? So uh, if we want to include that in the passive sentence, we must make the subject of the active form students. Put it after the passive verb is studied and append by to the front of the students. Uh, the result being Latin is studied by students. Boom. The grammatical term for by students is the agent. So as I mentioned, we'll chat about that more in a little bitty bit. Notice that while both sentences say the same thing, the action of the verb 
runs in exact opposite directions. In the active sentence, uh, it moves from left to right, from the subject to the direct object. But when the verb is changed to passive, the action runs right to left, toward the subject and from the agent. Um, so if you can visualize that, like I said, active is going from left to right, passive is going from right to left. Uh, So let's go ahead, we'll practice that a little bit to understand it further. So that being changing the direction of the verb without changing the meaning of the sentence. So we're going to be moving the verb from active voice to passive voice. So here's a sentence, I explained the passive voice, clearly active. So what's the direct object, aka accusative here? The passive voice. Now, let's make the subject nominative case add a form of to be to the verb in the right tense, that is, and uh, make the subject the agent or in layman's dealio, put by in front of it. The result is the passive voice was explained by me. See, very mathematical. A plus B plus C plus D equals E, F, G, H, I, J, K. Anyways, let's try another. You ought to make better choices. So one, what's the direct object? Two, add B to the verb. Three, make the subject the agent. So I'll say it again. I'll give you guys a second, and then we'll go over the result. You ought to make better choices. How am I going to make that passive? So I'm basically going to flip this bad boy and say better choices ought to be made by you. The meaning of the sentence is entirely the same. The direction of the verb has just changed. What did the teacher say? What's the verb? Did say. What's the direct object of say? What? is the direct object of say what will become the subject in the passive voice uh, passive sentence and the subject of the sentence so in if this in this case um in what did the teacher say what's going to be the subject no it's not what um it's the teacher he slash she is the one doing the, the saying. In the passive sentence, the teacher will become the agent, so the passive form of this sentence would be what was said by the teacher. Making sense? I hope so. Command, commands can also be turned into the passive, and I know that this isn't uh, kind of covered in uh, uh, the text, you guys, but um, I think it's important to note um, because we have to note that a verb cannot become passive. It doesn't have a direct object in its active form. Because, um, well, that's because the direct object becomes the subject when the verb is converted into the passive voice. There has to be a subject in a sentence. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and we're going to dive into these verbs more. Verbs that don't take direct objects are also called intransitive. Remember when we, we broke that down etymologically, in trans uh, does not cross. Uh, 
over so that, that the action doesn't cross over to the uh, direct object is essentially what it's trying to say. So here are examples of intransitive verbs in English. I arrived in Rome. Arrived has no direct object. You can't arrive something. Thus, arrived can't be converted into the passive. He sighed sadly and died. Was sighed? Was died? Definitely wrong. Um, so she fell down and remained on the ground. Was fallen? Was remained? Just think about that, please. Just like English, Latin also has intransitive verbs, of which one major subset is linking verbs. Remember, linking verbs take predicates, not direct objects, right? So they're going to be mimicking what um, the nominative case or mimicking the subject because those linking verbs are essentially saying, like me, Liam is a teacher. Uh, could be uh, said as the teacher Liam, right? Um, teacher being uh, a modifier for Liam. Uh, so uh, linking verbs take predicates, so they can't be made passive. There's no direct object that can be ver converted into the subject. Okay, so AKA you can't be bead, B-E, ED. Yeah, you can't do that. Besides, sum, posum, and valeo, V-A-L-E-O, are also intransitive and do not take passive forms. So, where English uses be to create passive forms in the present tenses, Latin does not. Uh, it uses instead a special set of personal endings. So, going ahead, uh, our typical pattern, uh, starting from the first person singular going down to third person and then covering same pattern in the plural so erister mermini inter uh oristor mormini inter but i i didn't add the o so let's note that the second person singular ris uh sometimes appears in a shorter form re um, this isn't something that you'll ever really encounter, but many classical authors like Virgil used ER or RE quite often. Uh, but like I said, don't worry about that too much. So... As the endings themselves, um, the first person singular ending combines the O of the active with the R of the passive, producing OR across all the conjugations. Also in the third conjugation, um, from the active second person singular AUGUS, you would expect to have AGIRIS, but in the passive, the Romans used the thematic vowel E instead. But that doesn't really count as much as um, as an irregular irregularity, really, because third conjugation rarely or regularly interchanges I with E and U as thematic vowels throughout its forms. So let's go ahead. How about let's choose a verb. Uh, how about amoamare?
very familiar with uh, to love. And let's go ahead and run it through, conjugate it in its present passive form. Amar, Amaris, Amator, Amarmor, Amamini, Amantor. So I am loved, you are loved, he, she, it is loved, we are loved, y'all are loved, they are loved. Now let's go ahead and hear the passive endings of the imperfect tense. Bar, baris, bator, bamor, bamini, and bantor. Again, let's go ahead, add the base, ama, and then our passive endings of the imperfect tense. Ama bar, ama baris, ama bator, ama bamor, ama bar mini, ama bantor. So I was loved, you were loved, he, she, it was loved, we were loved, y'all were loved, they were loved. Seeming like a pretty simple concoction so far? I hope so. Here are the endings of the future tense in the passive voice for the first and second conjugation. So we have bor, berry, spitor, bimor, bimini, bantor. Note that there's one irregularity here. In the second person singular, of course, berries, which should be beeries, but otherwise the endings are quite predictable. <clears throat> so third, third IO and fourth conjugation utilize what one one would expect in the future so um like we've gone over and we will go over this a little bit more i think i have a or that i i want to go in depth into third and fourth because the the textbook didn't really go over those all too in-depthly either but um so we've got those endings. We have R, and then we have Aries, Etor, Amor, and Mini, Entor. So it, it doesn't follow the typical bow bis bit business that we found in the first and second conjugation. It's predominantly that E, Aries, Etor. It's spelled A-R in the first singular, E-R-I-S-E-T-U-R. So it's it's basically Ristur, Mer, Mini, Entor, except for the E is tacked on. So, um... So let's go ahead and continue on. So, oh, this is something to note, but I guess it's not super important because we won't be going uh, or encountering it all that much. But uh, there's uh, a little caveat in this circumstance. A long vowel comes into play. The E preceding the, the ending in the third conjugation future singular, second person singular, Aries is mandatory. <clears throat> because it distinguishes the future from the present. So in other words, Aries with a long E, R-I-S, means you will be whatever the verb means. For instance, you will be led. Number two, or uh, on, on the other hand, whereas uh, Aries, uh, which is E, short E, R-I-S, means you are whatever the verb means. For instance, um, you are led. So the future passive translates as such in the first conjugation, though. Ama bor, ama beris, ama bitor, ama ba, ama bimor, ama bimini, ama buntor. So in addition to finite forms present, infinitives can also be passive. 
So here are the endings for the present passive infinitive in all five conjugations. In the first conjugation, present passive infinitive, infinitives end in an ARI producing forms like laudari, meaning to be praised. To be praised laudari, L-A-U-D-A-R-I. In second conjugation, producing forms like monary, to be warned, and in third and third I-O and fourth, as we did with the finite verbs, in the third conjugation, I, as in agi, A-G-I, to be done, fourth conjugation, eerie, as in sintiri, which means to be felt. And third, third I-O conjugation, I, again, as in uh, ayaki, which is I A. CI, which means to be thrown. Now, to uh, close off the, this little uh, deal with the present passive system, uh, and then also touching on the, the imperfect in the future, we have our ablative of agent. Um, and this is what most passive verb forms expect, as opposed to direct objects, which are which are what most transitive verb forms expect. So let's go ahead. Let's start with a simple sentence like you did. So here we have a nominative subject, you. An active verb, did. And an accusative direct object, it. If we want to retain the same sense but use a passive verb form instead of an active one, we start by changing did to was done. To retain the same sense in the passive sentence, we need to take the direct object, it, and make it the subject of the passive form. <clears throat> uh, so that's going to be producing something like it was done. But in order to complete the sense that the active version of the sentence has, uh, we need to say some, or we need to say who's doing the action of the verb, right? And thus, in the passive form, we need an agent by you. So the full passive form would then be, it was done by you. To express the uh, agent in passive verb construction, Latin uses the ablative case. So I'll give you an example. So we have Romani ab amici suis serabantor. So that's going to mean the Romans were saved by their friends. If, however, the agent, if in the passive sentence is not a person, Latin uses the ablative to express that doer, uh, but no preposition a or ab. So in this case, you just know that it's ablative by the nature of the sentence, right? And they're not going to give you an, an A or A, B. But in this case, they do, right? They say ab amici suis. So this ablative of uh, impersonal agent is really the equivalent of the ablative of means uh, that is something that we will go on later on because there are so many different forms of the ablative. Um, so, for example, uh, Romani labore magno servabantor, meaning the Romans were saved by or with great effort. Right? So there is no... There is no by an a or op, and there is no cum, which is with in Latin. 
So that's going to close out this little segment. Thank you guys for um, sticking with me. And uh, we'll, we'll be going over other things in-depthly as well as translating some sentences. But this is going to be a good little preliminary thing to go over uh, passive verb forms with.